Hello and welcome to Organize Holistically. My name is Dana L'Oreal Morales and I am your holistic process strategist. I help side hustling entrepreneurs and professionals to develop, implement, and streamline processes in both your business and personal life so you can have better work-life balance and integration. Today's episode is brought to you by Organized Academy, where you learn all things organizing that will help you holistically balance your business and personal life so you can live the life you always dreamed of living. Lock in your $25 monthly membership by becoming a founding member of Organized Academy today. To do so, just visit organizedacademy.com. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Glenn Sandifer. Glenn is the owner of GSC LLC, where he uses his 20 years of experience in regional and national field sales and marketing to assist his clients. During this episode, we talk extensively about building breathing room into your script, building value in relationships, having clear calls to actions in everything you do the importance of needs assessments and requirements gathering, the importance of communication and ultimately using prioritization to achieve work-life balance and integration. Guys, this is a fabulous conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hey, Glenn, how are you? I am great. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. (laughs) So for our listeners, will you tell them a little bit about yourself and your journey into entrepreneurship? Well, my name is Glenn Sandifer. I am a professional wrestler for WWE. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I wish, but they're not working right now. Uh, I... uh, I have a consulting practice, Glenn Center for Consulting, uh, based in the state of Tennessee. I've had that for the last two years, and that is actually my third iteration of a consulting practice. My first was actually in graduate school called the Service Group. We did event planning, and we did some strategic planning for small businesses. At least we thought we did. Uh, My second was uh, Glenn Center for Consulting back in Indiana, where I'm from. And I actually started with social media management before it was a real thing. And uh, Mm. working with little local celebrities, uh, both in local TV, radio, and some entertainment, helping them manage and navigate their social media profile. Did that for a number of years, and that actually turned into uh, uh, an opportunity where I I switched the focus to merchandising relationships uh, with uh, some major third-party consulting companies and major brands. Um, But I focus on demand generation for the home services vertical, so that could be uh, any business such as real estate, um, HVAC, roofing, uh, construction, remodel, repair, um, and things such as home security where I kind of cut my teeth in the demand generation space. Um, that's kind of me and how I got to where I am. How I got to where I am. Oh, well, no, you asked how I got to where I am. That is, I hope your listeners have time and have a cup of coffee and a sandwich. Let me take a sip of my coffee, Jesus. So I actually got to where I was. I was with uh, 80T's largest dealer at the time, um, and I was the national sales director over business partnerships and digital. I was responsible for bringing in new uh, referral partner relationships and did that role for around a year and a half after 
being a service advisor for a year and being in the top 10% of the company and being an associate for business development for six months, which led to my promotion. Loved it. There I learned about referral partner marketing. I had missed the entire wave of digital marketing and advertising executions. So I was able to kind of pick that knowledge back up there. Uh, I worked with sponsorships worked with, um, and, and you know, I worked with legal, finance, uh, the account management, project management, and creative, and really just kind of grew what would have been maybe a five-year uh, track in, in that year and a half. Um, so wow. when I relocated to Tennessee, uh, that job ended, and so I started to consult. So for about three months, I worked with a local dealer, actually two local dealers, now that I think about it, for home security, and helped them develop an inside sales plan. So that basically was we're in home security, like a lot of home service verticals, everyone still is trying to door knock. I actually had a text message with a friend of mine in the home security space today. He's still trying to find a manager at a branch to door knock. Stop it. Mm, Inside yeah, sales stop. is the way to go because we have shown in the last decade that customers are really open to filling out a form and receiving a phone call or an email campaign to learn more about their product. And when the time is right, they'll either reach back out to you or you'll catch them at the right time. Uh, so helping that understanding was really more of my, my service versus just creating that program. So with both, we created landing pages. I had a referral partnership where I had a call center that was actually taking inbound and out and doing outbound dialing for them and actually pre-qualifying the leads and then sending those leads back to those dealers. I then spent some time uh, with another national or regional uh, security company as a sales manager because I needed to learn the builder relationship, low voltage relationship, uh, which I learned, which I learned I didn't love, uh, but uh, that was just another thing to add to kind of uh, my repertoire. I took some time off uh, for about six months um, after surgery and then went right back to consulting. So it was natural for me to pick back up uh, my time with uh, another security dealer uh, within the Tennessee area uh, and spent about five months with them attempting to do the same thing that I did in the previous uh, engagement in, in 2018. And during that time, we had a lot of bumps in the road. We had a lot of hurdles. Then COVID happened. So once COVID happened, I put uh, everything on pause. Um, I had actually uh, looked at accepting a full-time opportunity, went in, did training, everything ended. They said, we're going to have to let everyone go. So at that time, I just said, all right, oh, wow. I need a break. And, and during all of this time, my son was born. My first child was born. And so I was able to actually spend the six months at home kind of working the business, working relationships, um, working with some of those uh, clients that I mentioned earlier, and just helping them either with an inside sales program, tweaking inside sales program, developing scripts, Act, doing outbound uh, pre-qualification pre for appointments. It didn't matter. I was just really looking to, one, stay busy and then have the flexibility, you know, of uh, a child. Um, and then most recently, I've been able to uh, continue that, those relationships and secure some more uh, longer-term contract work. Nice. So was Grant, what year was Grant born? Grant was born in January of 2020. Okay, okay. Wow, you've been busy. 
that's great. Um, you said you have a, a you said a lot of things that I really want to dig into a little bit further. Good. That's what, that's what's editing for. Edit. You can just chop it up. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that um, stood out to me, and I want to dig into it just a little bit, is when you were talking about the inside sales plan versus door knocking and how mm -hmm. people are fine with filling out forms and being contacted later. Do you find that that is just for that particular industry or just across mm -hmm. the board? I would say it's across the board. Um, because if you think about it, and, and your listeners will, will, will check this and, and at me at Twitter, at Glenn Sandifer, I think the first form I remember filling out was probably at a car dealership mm -hmm. where you saw a car online, you know, from the 2000s, and now I'm starting to, and we're dating ourselves, that's fine. Yeah, dating, yes, exactly. So in the 2000s, you, you, you saw the car online, Ford or whatever, and at that time, you know, all GM, Ford, Chrysler had every brand in the world. And you probably will go online, fill out a form, and you got a phone call back from someone at the dealership. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I may be incorrect on that, but please check me if I'm not. But from that genesis of still, let's just say it's 2001 to 2020, we've had a 19-year track record of reprogramming the end user, whether it's B2B or B2C, to go out, seek information on their own, and then once they've done minor research, I'm ready to talk to someone. So that is what mm -hmm. the form fill is looking at uh, solving. The challenge is, and, and as an inside sales professional and as sales professionals in general, we have to make sure that our scripting and our sales training is adequate enough to handle uh, the customer request. Um, mm -hmm. But I know for a fact, friends, uh, I'm a member of AISP, the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. Please visit the website. And one thing that we are teaching both at the founder, executive, director level, down to SDR is the process of uh, appropriately prospecting and then for outbound dialing, appropriate scripting and techniques and scripting so that when you get on the phone with the customer or an end user that you're well-versed and you're ready to have a conversation with them wherever they are in their buying journey. And I think that's another thing that's different because we used to have to pick up the phone and make a couple phone calls to get a couple quotes, but you don't have to do that anymore. You can actually, on your lunch break, go to three, three different brands, whether it's HVAC roofing, real estate, home security, fill out a form, and then your phone's going to start ringing immediately, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, speed to consumer is a lot different. Um, I will say that is different from outside sales because outside sales, when you're doing door-to-door -door, uh, for consumer or door-to-door -door with business, you're actually going after whether it's a hot, a cold, or an account list to the location, and it is very, very personal. And the whole process and expectation of that end customer is going to be it's going, to, it's going to require a higher quality and a higher intellect, there it is, for someone to be a sales professional um, in that space. Um, and door-to-door -door just doesn't have, they, they don't have that, that time capacity because a door-to-door -door company really needs someone 
going out on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, knocking 150, 250 doors and getting three deals. Inside sales doesn't require that because I can have 35 inside sales agents um, all on a commission comp plan, and they can go out and they can dial 5,000 numbers in, in a week with versus an outside sales team, which requires a lot more management. So in my okay, consult, go ahead. I'll say if somebody came, I have people come and knock on on my door at home. I don't answer the door. Like with security nowadays, you know, you don't just want people randomly coming to your door either. Um, from a from a residential standpoint, now I don't know about from a business standpoint, just the time and consumption that that takes. Up, well, I mean, you, know. you bring up a good point. And I remember back in the day, and I, I can't remember the name of the comedian. Look it up and tell me. He talked about the Intamin's cake, where it was in the closet in the 70s and the 80s, and it was for company, and I'm quoting. We used to look forward to people coming to our house unannounced. We don't know. You, you have to send a text message, and don't send a text message while you're in the parking lot or out in front of my yard, no. So we, we, you, I need advance notice so that, in reality, we can find a way to get out of it. But... <laughs> advance notice so that we can prepare for having guests in our home, in our mm. business. Um, I have found both on the residential side that knocking a door is tough. It, it is mm-hmm. one of the hardest jobs in sales. And I will say knocking a business door is, appears to be easier, but you have a gatekeeper at the front door. And if mm-hmm. you interrupt mm-hmm. the business owner or the top producer in the middle of their day, they're not going to forgive you for that unless they have an urgent need. But again, as I said earlier, most of the times when they have that urgent need, they've already gone to the web to, to send out a request, whether it's friends on social or fill out a form to figure that out. Um, and I, I think this decade will be about those companies that have perfected inside sales, they will win. While companies yeah. that are still doing door-to-door to try to figure out how to gain a contract or gain a new subscription, they are going to go by the wayside. Yeah. So let's talk about the scripting um, for a minute because when you started talking about, you know, the customer request, I filled out the form, the form Mm -hmm. data comes to you as the business owner, as the person who manages that process, right? That response is so very important in how you go about doing it. So, So you talked about understanding scripting and the breakdown of it. Can you go deeper into that of what you've seen has been the problem um, with businesses today? Hmm. Um, I'll stick with security. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with security scripting is the security script sometimes doesn't have a lot of breathing room for rapport to be built. So if, if you're going to develop a script you better damn well make sure that in the beginning of that script, you give your agent or your rep time to build rapport. And they got to build rapport within 60 seconds because 30 seconds, the customer, if they pick up the phone, has tuned you out if they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would probably say that would be the first thing, building rapport. The second thing that I've seen in scripting that is a problem is it is too universal. The best scripts target uh, geography, um, the region, the industry, and the individual, meaning 
if I'm just calling on random residentials that have filled out a form to ask for more information about a home security system, I'm, I can assume that someone in the southeast is going to look at home security different than someone in the northeast would. Uh, someone in the Midwest is going to look at it different than they would in Texas or the Great Plains. And knowing that from a inside sales rep perspective and a manager perspective, you have to make some adjustments and room in there for your agents to adjust for that. Uh, the third thing is sometimes based on disk profile, if, if you don't, if your agent can't identify the disk profile of the person on the other phone within a two-minute time period through some probing questions and building rapport, they're going to have a hard time the rest of the call because you don't want to go at a DI the way you would an SC at, at Twitter if you want more info or training on that. Um, and if, if you go at someone in the inappropriate manner, all of the work on the front end to get them at the top of the funnel will will have be have been for not. Um, and then I think the final thing is um, the scripting has to have a call to action. Sometimes our scripting can be open ended. Hey, well, you know, why don't you just go ahead and give me a call? No, it needs to have a strict call to action. Well, mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Customer, thank you for your time today. It sounds like that we have agreement that you would really like to do this home security system. We've built the perfect system for you, $52.99 a month. You're going to have a 99 down flat fee. Does Thursday of this week work for our installer to come to your home? Versus, yeah, you know, Mr. Customer, here's my contact info, uh, my telephone number, my email address. If you have any more questions, I'm just going to go ahead and email this over to you so you can have this, and then we'll go from there. No. Some to close, you need to make sure that you are getting them to the next stage in the buy process, which is processing that $99 and getting an appointment set, um, a $99 fee for most security companies uh, for people. Make sure that the customer appointment sticks versus a $0 uh, activation fee. That, that, that's going to cancel. That's going to cancel at uh, a 50 to 55% rate. So that would be and why is that? Because they're committing... They're committing dollars, so they're less likely to just cancel. What yeah, now we're we're having a different a different discussion outside of scripting. Um, of course, that's how. Yeah. Work. So for so <laughs> in the security industry, what do you believe is the biggest issue with someone signing up for home security? I have no idea. I signed up for mine years ago. You signed up for yours. You're, you probably yeah. don't even know. It's in in 2020. And this started to change in around 2014, 2013, 2014, is contract. And contract terms now, if you're lucky, 24 months, like in the state of California um, and with some uh, cable providers, 36 months is the standard, but 60 months is the goal. So I am asking you to commit 60 months to allow me to service you. There are benefits to that, and I believe as an industry, home security has not spoken well to those benefits. But if I'm getting you to commit to that long of a term, you don't do that in um, cell phones, really, unless you're in a payment plan. You don't really do it with Comcast anymore because you can pay $10 more a month and not have to uh, be in a contract. Um, and the $99 fee, if you don't collect that, you will see that those appointments will fall off because a customer is kind of leery already with the contract. So your installer and your sales rep have better damn well be versed on uh, building value, uh, 
doing a full thorough protection of that home, uh, qualifying uh, the each of the needs and building a solution for that, and then closing them and getting it installed that next day or same day. Otherwise, there's if, if I call um, Vector, Vivint, and ADT are still ready to sign up. Um, mm -hmm. But the $99 fee is actually starting to go away as well, uh, just because um, of customers are, are, are not interested in having to do a $99 fee. And if that is a hurdle, uh, most security companies have, you know, just taken that out of the commission of a sales rep or an installer, unfortunately. Gotcha. So in your consulting genre, like in all of the clients that you have worked with from a, on a consulting standpoint, be that mm -hmm. in the home space or um, when you were working with merchants or celebrities or what have you, what are some of the common things that you see from a processing standpoint that they are falling short on or that you're starting to see a, a repetitive issue with? What is the rep so the repetitive issue in sales? Uh, we no longer build value. Ex expand on that. The Dave Ramsey says, and I, I believe this is in Entree Leadership. If you guys haven't read that book, read the book. I believe this this was in that book, or it might have been on his podcast. He says that sales is one of the most honorable disciplines and professions the world has ever seen. It has become muddied because people are chasing commissions. And when you chase commissions, you chase the quick close or the quick sale versus having a lead, nurture the lead, build relationship with the lead, build value in the product after uncovering the issue and then getting a close. Everyone in sales should have the mindset, I am fixing an issue for you. So when, when, the, when the termite guy walks up to my front door and door-to-door -door sales, I already have a need. I don't want bugs in my house. So I can either go get uh, the Terminex to come do it. I can go out and I can go get a spray bottle of, uh, what is it called, Roundup? or No, not Roundup. Raid. I can get a bottle of Raid and I can spray around my house and hope and pray, that's literally spray and pray, that the bugs won't come in. Or I can call a friend of mine and he and I can come and we can go to Lowe's and we can find a higher end solution that still is DIY. When the salesman comes to my house, I've already gone through that process. Most people may not have realized it, but they've gone through that process of evaluating it. So Terminex walks in, guys like, hey, man, I have a great offer for you, $49 uh, per month. We'll come in. We'll set traps in your house. We'll spray on the outside. We'll, we'll reach the top areas. We'll get all your windows, and then we'll pour uh, some anti-ant repellent in all of your drains. And plus, once a year, we're going to drop termite uh, traps in and put some pellets in there so termites will stay away from your home. That's only $44 a month. Or if you pay today, it's only $264 for the year. All right, so then I go through $264 for the year. He, he's probably heard, he's heard my issue. I've communicated it, $264 versus me having to go out two times a month and spray the house or me spending a weekend with my friend and coming up with solutions where I got ugly traps all over the place, where I'm trying to keep them out of the, the view, where they're not interfering with my wife's plants or with the shrubbery that I have. So he's probably won that discussion. 
he's won that because he spent some time nurturing it. Now, he may have gone to the house once. Mm -hmm. He may have come two times. And if he's a great person and he has me sold, which my pest control guy does, he follows up with me at least quarterly. Hey, Glenn, I just want to check back in and make sure that you're still satisfied with our service. That is sales. Mm -hmm. What sales is not is, hey, man, I got this Terminus package for $44.99. You need to get it. Nope. Get off my porch. <laughs> or exactly. ring, ring, ring. Hello, this is Glenn. Hey, I'm Mike with Terminex. Uh, I, I see that you went to our website and you're really interested in the $44.99 package. Let me just ask you a couple questions. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Now's not a good time. Okay, all right. Um, well, well, let me just go ahead and get some things with you. Click. Mm-hmm. Versus, I understand this isn't a good time. What would be a better time for me to get back with you? Tomorrow after 5. All right. Here's the best thing for scripting. You asked about scripting earlier. All right, what I like to do is send a confirmation text message to remind you of the appointment. What's the best cell phone number to send that to? I don't want you to send it to my cell phone. Okay, well, I'll just give you a call at 5. But most people are going to say, what, 615-317-404-802, and then they're going to give you the number. Because in their mind, if they're trying to get off the phone quick, we subconsciously are okay giving our cell phone numbers now. Um, so if you are a salesman yourself and you're finding that you're not hitting your goal, find out what your motivation is. If you're not solving a problem at the desk or in the office that you are, you need to find a place where you can solve a problem that you're interested in solving. Um, if you're on the phones and you're finding that you're not closing, make sure that what you are trying to close is something you really want to close. It doesn't make sense to go out and sell software as a service uh, for Calendly, if you're not interested in helping people organize their calendar. If you're really interested mm-hmm. in that, every, everyone you talk to, you will be passionate about selling that. Right. Um, if you're really someone who's like, hey, I really have an interest in, you know, Windows, then go work for Window World or Blinds.com. They could use you because I guarantee that they have plenty of people that they are missing out on because they're not good in a good sales process. Yeah. Yeah, I find that a lot of small business owners that I work with, they make the assumption that the person they're talking to knows exactly what they, they want or what they need. Like, they're the expert. And the truth is, you're the expert coming yes. to them, and you need to help them realize where that gap is in whatever it is they're looking for. They may come to you and say, you know, I want garbage pickup. This, this is real-life scenario. I need garbage pickup at my new home. Okay, well, this is what we, you know, I don't know that there is a difference between a truck with an arm on it versus a, a person driving by and picking up your trash and why, there's a, why one requires you to bag your trash versus another not requiring you to do that. And it's important to understand the different levels of your customer and who you want to serve in, in that realm. And I find that those, que- those key questions being asked during the, the initial conversation are so important <clears throat> to help decipher you know, where they fall into the mix. A one-call close, and thank you for that, a one-call close is very rare in any sales environment. It, and let me, let me be clear. Going to a retail location is a different type of sales um, transaction and sales environment than on the phones or door-to-door. So I, I like to separate it because a lot of times people tell me they're, mm-hmm. I've tried to hire people. Oh, yeah, I'm in sales. I worked with Blank Cellular Company. Oh, okay, well, you know, kind of tell me about your numbers. And their numbers were basically new activations. I was like, so tell me about your pipeline and how you developed it. Oh, I just closed more people when they came in. 
Did you upgrade them to more services? No, not really. Then you didn't sell. You took an order. Mm -hmm. So order taking is one thing. There are some roles where uh, I've also served as an account manager. Once we get someone in the door, you nurture that relationship and service it for 12 months. But the hunter mentality of going out and finding, for people like us, a new client is a different prospecting mm -hmm. process. The clients that I had in 2020, I began nurturing the relationship for in 2018. And in 2018, I was gainfully employed and happy. So there is a process that you go through with that. And if someone, for your example, which is real world for me, for <laughs> if I need trash service in my neighborhood and my HOA says there are two options, when I get on the phone with both companies and talk to them about what I need, if they don't start asking me questions about how many people are in the home, how often do you guys, um, have, you, have you had trash service before? Yes. How many people are in the home? Five. Okay, of those five people, how many people are home during the day or versus how many are going throughout the day? Uh, well, the five, two are home all day. The other three are kind of in and out sparingly. Okay, where are you coming from? Oh, I'm coming from an apartment. When you were at the apartment with all five people or were you there with three people? Oh, it was just, oh, it was really two of us. Okay, how many times a week did you take the trash out? Oh, um, one, two, maybe five days a week. Okay, so you took it to the shoot or took it to the thing five days a week. Yeah, five days a week. Any boxes? Amazon delivery, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, maybe Christian Louis Vuitton. I don't know. How many boxes? Oh, man, that's a big issue. We have a lot of boxes. Sir, I'm going to recommend a couple of things based off of just this quick thing. I was like, let me have an agent come out to your home, take a look at it, talk to you more and more, or I can offer you a package based off of what we're saying. Oh, well, go ahead. What would the package be? We're going to give you two trash cans and a recycling bin. It's going to be $33 a month. Oh, okay. Let's sign up for that. All right. How do I do it? Okay. Well, I just need 15 minutes to get you signed up. That was easy. That was a one-call close. But if you notice, yeah. at the beginning of that, as a salesperson, I took control of the call, and I made sure that I asked the probing questions that mattered to him at the, at the time because he may not have even thought about it. Notice his hesitation mm -hmm. when asking, how many times did you take the trash to the trash bin? We don't think about it, but when you start, right. you're like, man, maybe five times, six times. Yeah, oh, so exactly. he is going to, he's going to be happy. The customer is going to be happy because, one, He's not having, he can't run trash to the trash bin, but you got two trash cans mm -hmm. and a recycling bin. So you're not going to have to worry about trash sitting out on the street or <laughs> what is the thing that we do? We take the trash to our neighbor's trash can and throw it in no. there. And, no, uh -uh. We don't do that. We don't do that in no. 2020. <laughs> Devil is alive because I do it all the time. I love my neighbor. I was like, hey, neighbor. Yeah, I know. I know she sees that that I do it, but she doesn't say anything, and that's such a great relationship. She shakes her head at you and just like. Mm. She's like, hi. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I I use your trash can all the time. But I think that the key point there is that as the salesperson, you are triggering that individual because as a person who doesn't know anything about trash pickup, if mm -hmm. you're asking me questions that's making me think about things I hadn't thought about, it's going to make me feel like you know more than I do, right, and that you, you know what you're doing and that I trust you a little bit more to handle mm -hmm. my needs. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm seeing is missing a lot of times in, in, in the customers that I work with 
is just that lack of gathering of requirements from your clients. They're trying to have this cookie cutter thing that they're they're handing to their customers saying, hey, everybody needs this. And that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> and I deal more with service-based um, clients versus the product-based clients. And, and some of mine are dual, right? They have both services and products, but most of mine are service-based. Mm -hmm. um, so are you seeing that same thing with the requirements gathering issue? Um, yeah, requirements gathering is lost. It's a, it's a lot. I, I think I would probably say the majority of my peers in the space spend more time coaching towards qualification and uh, information gathering and needs assessment is what we would typically call it, a needs assessment, mm -hmm. coaching on of the team members on how to develop that skill. And mm -hmm. the reason it's so important is because, honestly, that's where the value is provided with your company over your competitor. And if you as a, co you as a manager and a leader are spending that time coaching to that skill set, you'll be rewarded financially. And plus, we've already settled that everybody on your team, their motivations are different, but if they don't feel like they can solve a problem with that, now we're, we're going to help you solve the problem for the person on the other end of the phone or the other person behind the glass door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to switch gears for a second because you've had many different um, journeys into entrepreneurship. Too many. What are some of the <laughs> What are some of the issues that you ran into trying to start a business? Hmm. Well, the first iteration of the business, it was experience. It was agent experience. So we were fine when I was throwing parties and doing events, but when I wanted to start talking about strategic plan, even though I was in graduate school, I didn't have enough experience to really understand a strategic plan. Um, so let me tell you what the issue was not funding, because mm -hmm. really in a consulting service-based environment or industry, when you set that business up, it's really just finding the person to pay you. So it's different than me saying, hey, I want to go start 32 Dairy Queens, but you better have $32 million sitting around because you're going to need it because you're not going to make money for three years. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought I would make money day one. Oh, no. Um, so that's different. So the first time, that was the biggest challenge. And then the other way that played out from an experience standpoint uh, was that when I did secure a client, everything was kind of textbook versus ver based on my experience. Mm -hmm. um, the second time, it was the biggest issue with that endeavor was not even necessary clients. I don't think finding clients has been the issue. I, I think for that endeavor, the issue was focus because at that time I was still employed. You know, that, that came after the 2008-2009 crash and everything falling. So it was more born out of necessity to, hey, let me supplement with income. And supplementing income with a business is a little different than running a business, which is what, what I'm doing now. Supplementing is kind of like, yeah, let me dabble. Let me do it on the weekends. Let me do it from four to seven. And you need to do that in some instances as an entrepreneur when you're developing your skills but it, never, it was never truly my focus, which explains why I, for one year was social media. The next and it was celebrity engagement is what I called it. Uh, the next year it was fully merchandising because at the time 
my sales role, I had added a merchandising component, and I found that there was opportunity with merchandising. So that's why I kind of ended on that. Um, mm -hmm. Now, it was really born out of um, more of a need to prove that I could do it. Mm -hmm. um, so the biggest hurdle related to that, my biggest hurdle right now uh, and, and with this would be do I take a director level role or do I build out my consulting practice? That is the question that has been asked of people when they see my resume on LinkedIn or see my resume online or they heard about me through someone else. Would you be interested in coming working full time? Okay, what are you offering? Versus the, the joy and the freedom, frankly, of having your own consulting practice, developing it. Now, there are no protections with that. You, it's more of a hunter mentality where you, you eat what you kill um, versus, and you don't have the perception of stability. Um, but, you know, kind of, that, that's kind of the biggest hurdle now. Um, I would encourage anyone who is currently in sales and you're thinking about being, becoming an entrepreneur, one, know what problem you're solving. Mark Cuban says it best on Shark Tank. What problem are you solving? You're not really solving a problem. You're actually creating new ones for people, and you're creating a bad one for me. I'm out. So if you can, if anybody who heard that, just take that at Mark Cuban and let him know that, that I said that and, and credited <laughs> him with that. Uh, but if you're not solving a problem when you go out into entrepreneurship, don't go out to entrepreneurship. Go get a job. And if you find in a job there is a new problem that you can solve, as a, try entrepreneurship. That's when you dabble. Like, all right, I have my role here. It's stable. It's safe. Let me dabble a little bit and work on, you know, this software as a service. Let me learn coding. Let me start cooking. Let me do this for this specific industry. And then once you get to that point where my income from my hobby becomes a business, then that's when you really have a question to ask yourself, okay, do I really want to be an employee or do I want to go out and, you know, as, as, as the Christian folks, as we say, you know, trust in the Lord and lean not to my own understanding. Let me go do that and go out and be an entrepreneur and go out and make this thing happen. My friends have been happy and successful in both. Staying, mm -hmm. staying in, the, in the place and ascending to the top. Uh, especially over the last decade. I have more people on LinkedIn than ever before. When I saw in 2018 and 2019, they have moved from account manager, SDR, manager, director, VP, in, in kind of that 10-year period. Um, mm -hmm. And conversations with them, and I really want to go out on my own. I really have this idea, but I don't really have the funding or the skill set. What should I do? And I've seen people who went through that process and said, you know, I'm a manager. I could be a director next year, but I really want to go off and try my own. And they have uh, coaching practices. They have consulting practices. They specialize in a bunch of different areas um, that is solving a problem for the market, and they've been rewarded with it. Um, right. So I would say make sure that you're you're in the space where you know you're solving the problem. Two, make sure you have the passion uh, to go out and solve the problem because it's going to get tough. You're not going to know how you're going to pay for these diapers this week sometimes. But if, if you've done the, the appropriate planning, like I said, in that second stage, then paying for diapers won't be a hindrance, as some people look at it in an entrepreneurship. Life is going to happen. You can 
use it as a supplement and then once you get to that point you can move over and then I say the third thing is don't let the haters deter you mm-hmm. because if I tell someone hey man I'm ready I'm really my goal in the next you know by the time I'm 41 is to be a chief marketing officer I have heard mm, that's a big swing I've heard you really think that you're qualified to do that I have heard why do you think that anyone would hire you to do that in that in that high voice y'all heard the high voice Mm -hmm. and I have a response to that and my response is not what you guys think is gonna be but my response is well oh you don't think that I'm qualified for that let me run down my resume because I've looked at other people who are in that seat now and go Mm -hmm. through my time uh, with McDonald's Corp, my time in advertising and public relations, my time in field sales and marketing, my time uh, in project management, my time with my consulting practices, my time here, 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 and here, and I've touched every component of the marketing uh, process, and I've touched every component of the sales process, while some people haven't even been it, been a sales manager. So. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that on that. And for those three things, those were real discussions, and each time they all back mm-hmm. down from their statement. Um, don't let the haters deter I, you. Oh, yeah, I like to call that people pushing their fears on onto you mm-hmm. because they're fearful of what, what that means for your life. That doesn't mean that their fear is substantiated. Mm-hmm. And I like to say when people bring stuff, and you did exactly what I suggest other people do, when people bring things to you, it's, it's not necessary for you to just dismiss their what they're saying because it could be valid what they're saying, but really look at it and say, okay, what is my counter to that? Mm-hmm. You're saying I'm not qualified where I am qualified. You listed out your qualifications and what makes you a qualified candidate to do what it is that you're wanting to do. And so mm-hmm. I find that some people, when, when others are pre- presenting them with negativity or what they consider to be negativity, they just back down and say, oh, yeah, they're probably right because their mindset isn't solid. They haven't mm-hmm. really said in it themselves and are sure of themselves first. So, so somebody else's fears comes on and layers onto your fears and multiplies, basically. Oh, yeah, what it, what it that is true. So, yeah, that, that is definitely valid. So as far as your work-life integration, do you feel like you are, are good what's, what's at that? that? Do you feel like what is that? That's a new word. What's work-life integration? Tell me more about that. Work-life integration is You said integration, so I don't know what that means. Is that the new it, word for it, balance in 2020? What would you say? Is that the new word for balance in 2020? It is balance integration. See, I don't believe in just balance because you're never – equal, right? You never give your work and your life equal um, time frame in, in your your day. There's always going to be one flexing more than the other at any one given time. So it's really about integration and learning how to shift things as they need to be shifted. Mm-hmm. So in your situation, you just had a new baby in mm-hmm. January. You're working um, as a consultant. So you've got a, a, a wife, you've got a a child, you've got your business. How mm-hmm. do you balance all of that? Or do you, you just said balance wasn't balance. the word? You just said I know, balance. I was just about to. I was just about to circle it. I you see you how she do, y'all. How, <laughs> how do you balance it, and how do you balance and integrate it so that you can give each of those pieces the time that it needs? How do I integrate it? Uh, well, let me first say that I believe for any man 
the best thing that you can do for your career is find the appropriate partner. So I found my appropriate partner and my wife. And actually, when we met, she teases me about this, and, but I always say this privately to friends, so I will say it publicly on the podcast. She leveled me up. You, Sierra right. leveled up Russell Wilson. Beyonce yeah. leveled up Jay-Z. I'm not saying my wife is on that level. She looked better than both of them. But what I'm saying is when I met her, I had to get that itch together because all at right. that, if you guys heard earlier in the podcast, I was all over the map. When I met her and she had her stuff together and she looked the way she did and she spoke to me the way she spoke to me, I was like, <clears throat> I got to get my stuff together. I can't be playing. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I told my boss at the time this, I would have not moved to business development, uh, achieved the title of director, and then had the relationships to consult in by the end of 2018 had I not met her and had I not gotten it together through her soft, gentle touch. Amen. <laughs> so I, I say that's the best thing for you. Get you a, a, a part one, one partner, one mm -hmm. men, mm -hmm. and make sure that that partner is going to encourage you and hold you accountable to the level up that you claim and state that you really want. That's the first thing. Um, so as far as integration, we communicate daily and we communicate about responsibilities. We're at the point now where my wife has, has been very successful in her career. She's, uh, multi, she's won awards everywhere in every organization she's been a part of. And um, at this time, she is at a stable place where motherhood, uh, you know, marriage, friends, you know, self is the priority versus you, I want to achieve all these goals. So she's been very mm -hmm. successful. And she's young and don't think that she's older. Like, oh, she, she's young. She's younger than me. I know I look 22, so. Um, <laughs> so, so she's kind of at the point where I actually was there at a, at a time, at the same time while I was there, I felt, and she's, she's acknowledged this, where I was there to support her goals and support her dreams and encourage her and be, and be that person there for her. So now she has stated, she's like, all right, it's, it's kind of your time now to shine. Let's, let's go ahead and go all in on this so we can figure out what we need to do. So that means, that doesn't mean, men, I can neglect childcare. I can neglect the house, I can neglect her, I can neglect myself, there is still an integration. If you look at a calendar, mm -hmm. the calendar I actually put P&Ls or now we're talking book, the love bank, if it's a personal relationship or a P&L if it's a financial transaction. So when I have things on my calendar or when I'm asked to put things on my calendar, I ask myself, all right, is this something uh, professional uh, that uh, will lead to more dollars or is this something that is personal that will be more relational? Sometimes mm -hmm. things in, you know, networking, one-to-ones, B&I groups, uh, things like this, they're more personal. Uh, but this is, you know, a time, and sometimes they blend where it's personal and professional, so you prioritize that. You don't get to prioritize it all the time when mm -hmm. you're at a certain stage in life. We have a newborn. So I know that the latest I can be at the office is six. The earliest I can leave the house is seven. So I better get my networking, my workout, my food, 
uh, all the things that I need to do professional at this stage completed before I get back to the house. Because by the time I get back to the house, I am husband, I am father, I, then I'm friend and family member. So mm-hmm. ba- wife and baby get the first. They get the, fir- the rest of my energy and the best of my energy. There it is. And then everybody else, sorry, I'm going, I can't talk to you today. I'll give you a call next week. Right. Mama, I love you, but I talk to you. We had COVID, and we talked every day. <laughs> so I can't talk to you today. Um, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I devalue the situation. I'm just prioritizing it. And when there are opportunities yeah. to make money, whether it's a new consulting engagement, whether it's a new discovery call, I try to make sure I prioritize that based on um, the time allotted so that it is fully integrated into our lives. Um, yeah. the, the final thing I'll say on that, uh, I told you to have a good partner, told you to you, really what I was saying there is to uh, prioritize your calendar um, so to, and, and put a P&L to your calendar. And then I guess say the third thing is, you know, make time for self-reflection. I ride the minimum of 10 miles three times a week, so 30 miles on my bike. So that time I am talking to myself, I'm praying, I'm talking to God. I'm having conversations. I'm running scripts because that's an hour and a half that my wife has allowed me to have three times a week, so I better take advantage of it. So by the time I get home, I'm clear. Hey, honey, let's go ahead and talk about uh, this thing with the budget. Hey, honey, let's go ahead and talk about our schedule. Does it make sense now? We're both, if you're getting home at 6 and I'm getting home at 6 and we have child care, how do we relieve child care? Do we need to extend child care? Do we need to make that change in the budget? What are we willing to drop? I've already thought through everything, and now I can bring it to her. And, and you know, I'm not here to talk about relationships, no. Um, but I bring it to her, and then she can either decide to decide there I give her 24 to 48 hours to make a decision, and she's she's an honor of that. Um, but make time for self-reflection because if you're not making time for self-reflection and listening to podcasts, reading books, um, spending time uh, with one-to-one coaching, if your company you work for doesn't provide one-to-one coaching, find it outside of your company. If your company does offer it, take advantage of it. Find a mentor and a sponsor. You need a mentor and a sponsor if you want to elevate uh, in business. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're not really doing it now, but actually we are. Get on, jump on some of these Zoom conferences you see regarding yeah. a topic that you feel like you are struggling in. I am struggling with time management. I can, if we did a search right now on LinkedIn, there were probably 35 conferences that have been going on from 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time all the way to 6, and plus a happy hour. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is not going to change. That's probably going to remain uh, for you. So take advantage of those free opportunities to connect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that last point, I mean, all of your points were spot on, but that last one, I, I, I find that right now specifically so much has shifted with the COVID situation that so many more um, organizations have really mm-hmm. piped into the online space. And I really wish we had done it before, you know, yes. because – I see that there was a gap there. You know, Mm -hmm. I work mostly with bootstrappers and side hustlers. And so they're working full time. You've been there, you know, working full time during the day. How do you get the networking in? How do you get the education and other things you need to get in for your business 
at the same time working your full-time job. And so mm -hmm. a lot of the networking events, a lot of the things that were happening were happening while these people are at work. Mm -hmm. And so right now with the COVID situation, a lot more online events are happening. A lot more are happening from a standpoint of I can take an hour off, of, you know, my lunch hour and pipe into a, a Zoom call and go right back to work and be fine. Whereas before, you would have to get in your car, drive mm. somewhere, and it would end up mm. being two, three hours um, of you being gone. And so people can't, couldn't do that before. So I definitely recommend that people take advantage of that. And, and managers, people who work harder on themselves than they do on your business will work better at your business. Stop penalizing people mm. for wanting to take care of themselves. I don't care if that's going for a run working out at 12 and taking a shower afterwards. I don't care if it's going to a one-to-one -one event. Don't be so beholden to your calendar and your expectation that you forget that you have a person there. And exactly. that, I learned that by experiencing that, where it's just like, no, nah, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And you don't, and what happened was resentment built with management and leadership. You don't want your people resentful for you, whether it comes to their finances, your benefit package, their time, the hours that they're asked to work, their KPIs. You, you are in business in relationship with that person that you hired or you inherited. Don't, don't do the easy thing and the thing that happened 30, 40 years ago in business where you just push, that, push down on that person. It is your job as a manager. It's your job as a director, a leader, and a founder of a company to do the work of leading. Don't leave that to somebody else. And it, you need to lead at your, from your seat in some capacity. And if you don't, yeah. people will find someone who will lead them. will, exactly, exactly. And when I think back to all the jobs I've had in my life, the ones that stand out and the one that meant the most to me are the ones where I had a manager or mm -hmm. boss that actually – took time to get to know me and my needs and mm -hmm. help me build myself up because that made me want to work for them more. That made me want to work harder at my job, not just because I wanted to be successful in my job, but also because I wanted to do, I wanted to, to represent them in a good way right. as well. And so I think that that's really important. I mean, it's a, that is so important what you said, especially when you mentioned that, you know, you go for, you know, your rides, that's an hour and a half. And there are people at, at that work full-time jobs that could go out and do a ride during lunch. It may be an hour and a half for their lunchtime. They're not worried about working over, right? Mm -hmm. But think about that hour and a half and the amount of time, the mental space that they're using during that time to solve problems that they're then going to come back to work and resolve. Mm -hmm. because you've given them that space to breathe. So, yeah. yeah, that's so valid. So this has been a fabulous conversation. This Glenn. has been fun. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. You gave me such a hard time at the beginning of this. I did you? not. That's, that's The devil is a lie. I did not give you a hard time. I just <laughs> I asked. I don't have it recorded. I don't have the proof. <laughs> you don't have any proof. I did not give you a hard time. I gave you the so, easiest time. So can you tell the listeners, who your customer is, and how they can get in touch with you if they would like to work with you. I can't say who my customer is. Um, if someone would like to get in touch with me, um, I am online at www.glennsanderford.com. Uh, there uh, it has my uh, consulting and coaching profile. 
for any individual who has a business where they need help, there's the opportunity for you to book an appointment with me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Glenn Sandifer. Two ends in two ends is strong versus one end. Um, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. Or if you want to send me an email, it's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at glennsandifer.com. Uh, I'd love to talk to the listeners. Um, if you just want a quick 15-minute chat about your business and how we can help from an inside sales or outside sales standpoint, I'd love to get in touch with you. I want you to definitely stay organized and I want you to do something today that will help to fill your happiness bucket. I hope you guys have a great one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.